Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's 9.30 in 716. All about the flu on the podcast. This year, we've seen much higher numbers of flu cases in both Erie County, New York State, and the rest of the United States compared to the past two flu seasons. But why? The thing that drives the prevalence uh, of flu, uh, one big factor is how effective the vaccine is. I'm Tim Wenger on the podcast powered by the Brothers of Mercy, a five-star rated skilled nursing residence offering affordable living in a country setting. Okay, we're all about the flu this time. How bad is it? Well, hospital emergency rooms over in Syracuse, just down the thruway, they're so swamped with flu patients that they've been temporarily turning away ambulances. Really? So let's dig in and assess the situation locally. Dr. Gail Burstein is the health commissioner in Erie County and talks flu with our Mike Baggerman. This year, we've seen much higher numbers of flu cases in both Erie County, New York State, and the rest of the United States compared to the past two flu seasons. But we were spoiled the past two flu seasons. They were relatively mild flu seasons. But this year, we're seeing much higher numbers, and people are becoming quite ill, even uh, people that may not necessarily have any identified risk factors for becoming ill with the flu. So I think the easiest thing to do that is uh, will protect us throughout the flu season is getting a flu vaccine if you haven't already. So we're still seeing increases in numbers each week of reported flu cases. So we haven't reached our peak yet. And actually our flu season in Erie County extends all the way into the spring, usually until May. And we usually see another peak uh, around March, April with influenza B as opposed to now where we see mostly influenza A. Do you have numbers or maybe a percentage that you could share with us of how many people within Erie County have gotten the flu vaccine or tend to typically get the flu vaccine year after year? Well, CDC uh, publishes data uh, every year about to estimate the proportion of people who, uh, in a, you know, it's um, in the general population and then in certain risk categories who've had an influenza immunization. They haven't uh, published those data yet, and we don't have those data available to us in Erie County, but we assume that it's, um, it's you know, never gets as high as we really need it to be to get that robust herd immunity. The more people that are immunized in a community, the less people that are, you know, susceptible to getting infected with influenza, and then the less opportunity influenza has to spread in our communities. And I know there's been some fake news out there about the effectiveness of our of this year's influenza vaccine, uh, based on uh, claims by Australia about the effectiveness of influenza vaccine in Australia's flu season for one particular strain. So we don't have data calculated yet about the effectiveness of the flu vaccine, but we know that there so far 
it looks like the circulating strains are a pretty good cross match to the strains in the vaccine. And whatever that number may end up being, uh, whether it's a, f a good year where we see a good like 60, 50 percent, or a mediocre year we see you know 30 or 20 percent, whatever that number is, it's a higher number than zero. So any protection that you can get uh, will be very helpful. Over at Western New York Immediate Care, patients are coming in. They're lining up. A lot of them with flu-like symptoms. Mike popped in and sat down with. Dr. Joseph Chow. Uh, this is probably the worst season we've had, certainly for at least three to four years. From the medical perspective, how do you battle the flu when somebody has it come in they feel like death? Yeah, for, for most people who we are seeing now in our facilities, uh, these folks, you want to make sure they don't have other infections. Uh, you certainly want to ensure that they get rest, hydration. Uh, there are flu medications out there. Typically for you know the the young uh, children uh, population with uh, medical problems as well as the elderly population. So is the priority typically in your career? Is it just the fact that these people need to get hydrated? That is that the most important thing? Much of it is really supportive to ensure that they're breathing well, not having difficulties with uh, again holding down fluids, uh, not having any respiratory complications, and most of these are, are patients that may have pre-existing health conditions that we really need to keep focus on. Um, most of the flu, as long as it's a mild case, is relatively self-limited, meaning it will improve on its own, but certainly if you're having difficulties with any of those, holding down fluids, uh, difficulty breathing, again, or just feeling really awful, uh, we certainly encourage you to call your physician. This year there's multiple strains that are out there that are hitting people. Can you talk a little bit about and tell us what are some of these strains? Sure, they're typically with the flu shots. There's two, typically a flu A as well as flu B. Most of the flu shots will cover two flu A and one flu B. It seems as if this year there's a specific strain of flu A, which is an H3N2 flu strain um, that most likely has mutated and the uh, vaccination has not really was not a good match for this year. Um, so again, periodically you'll find a flu strain that uh, the flu shot doesn't cover very well. Uh, if you remember, the flu shot has to be produced months and months before we actually give it. So you can't uh, always match the strain exactly with the flu vaccination every single year. Now in-depth, really in-depth here. On non-porous uh, surfaces, they can actually last about a day or so. So it's a good idea to clean up uh, everything you want or at least need to know about the flu from a guy whose full-time job it is to prevent and contain the spread of infectious diseases. Dr. Bram Siegel at Roswell Park Comprehensive Cancer Institute. But th when it uh, touches your clothes or your hands, because uh, that's the way you're going to get it, right? Uh, there, it lasts a matter of minutes. And why that is, it seems to degrade pretty pretty quickly, maybe a change in temperature when it hits your hand or change in humidity. But uh, the bad news is that even though it may only persist for a number of minutes, that could be enough. You know, if you touch your nose, if you inhale it. So that's one way that you get the flu. Uh, probably, the, or not probably, I think it's well established that the most common way you get it is through aerosolized droplets. So you cough, you sneeze, or even if you're not having symptoms, it becomes aerosolized that if someone is relatively close to you, let's say within five or six feet of you, uh, not, not much more than that because these droplets will fall to the ground otherwise, 
then that's a way that person A could transmit to person B. So I'm guessing that doesn't change year to year, right? How people get the flu? That does not change. You're correct. So why does it seem like this year the flu is so much more prevalent across the country? The thing that drives the prevalence uh, of flu, uh, one big factor is how effective the vaccine is. So if you have a large population, a large proportion of people who are immunized, so let me make a strong plug to get immunized, okay, then that is going to reduce the transmission of flu. That's just basic population health, public health. If you have more people vaccinated, you have uh, a lower uh, number that's at risk for transmitting the flu. The other part is that how good the vaccine is varies from year to year. So the key thing is how similar is the vaccine that you uh, are administered uh, at the protein level to the virus that's actually circulating. So the more similar, the more effective the vaccine is, the less similar, the less effective. very rough odds, uh, the vaccine is about 50% effective. So that means that, that that's not, that's good, but certainly not great. Ideally, you'd want a vaccine that's uh, pushing 100% effective. But we don't get that with the flu because it, uh, it, it rapidly mutates, so you get circulating virus that's different than the vaccine. But it's about 50% effective from se- with variability from season to season. But even if you get the flu shot and you get the flu, it might lessen your symptoms. Is that right? Oh, so that's the other benefit. So if you do get the the flu shot, again, I'm talking about the population level. I can't speak to uh, at the individual level. Yes, uh, not only uh, is the expectation that you will have less symptoms with the idea that some protection is better than no protection, But there was even a recent study that uh, with with, uh, children uh, that that use of a flu vaccine at a nationwide level can reduce pediatric deaths from influenza. So it's not just that you might get less symptoms. Uh, You uh, the the value of the vaccine is a reduction in in significant complications from the flu. What do you hear from people is the main reason why they don't want to get the flu vaccine? So I hear a few uh, different reasons. One is they say it doesn't work. And, and again, you, you, you can't make that argument at an individual level. There, we're a country of uh, more than 300 million, and then we live in a world, so there's enough uh, data out there that we can look at populations as far as effectiveness. Some people might say, you know, I got a flu shot, and then I got the flu after. Uh, so yes, uh, that can be true, true, and unrelated. You can, so first, the the vaccine is not a hundred percent effective. Uh, second, you might get the flu right after the vaccine, not related to the vaccine, but just because it was incubating inside of you. Uh, there is absolutely no possible way that uh, that the ina- that the routine ina- that the inactivated vaccines that are routinely used can cause you to get the flu because they're not live. So it's medically impossible that it will actually cause the flu, but sometimes people think that th- that may have happened. They, they will often, uh, another thing 
people will say is, you know, I, I had a flu shot a number of years ago and I, I just felt really bad. And, and, w- and when you think about that, um, just psychologically, if you have a, a negative response, you know, you get food poisoning, you get something that's just not making you feel ill, you get that of, uh, basic response that says, I'm going to avoid that because it happened to me once. Those are all, you know, ones that I hear pretty commonly. What do you think about this? I haven't gotten a flu shot this year. I didn't get one last year. And my entire reasoning is, eh, I just I don't feel like it. Okay, so let me persuade you that that reasoning is not the best in the world. Uh, first, let's, uh, you know, I'm in your office, uh, in your studio, where you have coworkers. And then uh, so, I know I can see their phlegm so, right now on so, the microphone. So I want you to feel guilty about that because if you get the flu, it's yeah. more of a likelihood. I don't know what, what you all have to say, but you're increasing the risk. You're sort of in a small room here, so you, you can pass on to your coworkers, uh, likewise to your household uh, members. So even if you don't think of your personal benefit. Uh, you have to think of others as well. And then for your personal benefit, I use the rough estimate of 50%. That's not a bad idea, right? I mean, you, you know, you're reducing your own chance of getting the flu. And, yeah, so you know, Brian, who, think of others. To, all right, I have to stop being less selfish. <laughs> that should have been my New Year's resolution. That was my point. Well, you've heard about it throughout the past few weeks. Flu season is in high gear, and it's one of the worst ever, seemingly. So... Why not talk all about it? Dr. Bram Siegel, Chief of Infectious Diseases at Roswell Park, joining us live in studio to talk about the flu and what you can do to stop uh, it from infecting you. And, uh, Doctor, thanks so much for spending the time with us in studio. We were talking about the flu shot and how it's you know not just beneficial for you but beneficial for all the people who you work with. Uh, what are some other things, you know, common sense things that don't take a whole lot of effort that people can do to protect themselves. So remember uh, the way the flu is transmitted. It's transmitted from human to human uh, through droplets. That's the most common uh, way it's transmitted. Uh, less common is uh, if the flu you know, lands on your hands, on your clothes, on a surface, you then touch the surface and then touch your nose. So if you, if you just keep those ways in mind, then uh, it's sort of a logical next step. So if, if you yourself have a flu-like illness, uh, do your coworkers a favor and don't go to work. So at, at Roswell Park, we're really strict about employees. If they come down with the flu, our patients, many of our patients are immunocompromised. They have, other, they have cancer. They have other medical problems that puts them at higher risk for the flu. So uh, the best way to prevent uh, transmission is you avoid that contact. Uh, other ways are, are what we call uh, respiratory etiquette. So if you yourself uh, have a flu-like illness, and let's say you're in a doctor's waiting room, uh, if you are coughing or sneezing, uh, use a tissue and then discard it. Wash your hands. The really. elbow thing, that still works? Uh, well, in terms of works, if if you don't have uh, tissue, then that is your then that's sort of the next uh, option that you um, yeah, cough into your elbow, basically. Uh, so that's part of respiratory etiquette. Uh, the better approach is obviously to avoid the contact that you can. So, in terms of avoiding transmitting to others, if you have the flu, uh, be mindful that you are contagious. 
And then if you're on the other side and you see someone, uh, you know, as fever, cough, sniffles, uh, do your best to uh, create a gap, a physical gap between you and them. Practice good hand hygiene. Uh, again, you said uh, uh, excluding uh, getting the flu shot, but I'm going to say get a flu shot one more time. <laughs> you know, what about the, the hand towel in the kitchen? You know, it's usually a common site in many kitchens, one hand towel that a lot of people end up using. Something like that, probably a, not, a, not a good thing to have in flu season. Yeah, no, I mean, change, uh, that's probably the, not the major way that you, you would get flu within a household. So within a household, it's probably droplets where you're just, you know, coughing and sneezing and it's, uh, and, and it lands on your household member and either they inhale it or it's on their hands, they touch their nose. As far as uh, uh, inanimate objects, as I mentioned, it, it, it can persist longer on non-porous surfaces. But, you know, you do your best. You've got your, your very standard detergent-based cleaners or antiseptics. They work very well. Do you like wipes, too? Do yeah. Think they work? Yeah. So anything uh, that will have uh, – so the standard antimicrobial wipes, many – I mean, they have different products. But if they have an alcohol-based or chlorhexidine-based, that works very well. Soap is a great detergent. So, you know, uh, that will work as well. Just being mindful of different products uh, that, that, that are a source of flu. Just, I would say just to use your common sense, knowing where the, where the flu uh, can live, just kind of use common sense. And knowing that very standard cleaners uh, are, 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 are effective against uh, taking care of flu from inanimate objects. Okay, everybody, wash those hands back tomorrow that's 9 30 in 716 we're back tomorrow with another edition from the studios of wben buffalo we really need new phones t-mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iphone 15s and each line is only 25 dollars a month new iphone 15s it's better over here. only at t-mobile get four iphone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.